1: hey what is up everybody welcome inside the guilty is charged podcast my name is steven i am your host joining me today for the first time is a very special guest mr nick cothrill who uh is the publisher for charger report for sports illustrated he is new on the uh charger beat so make sure and uh after watching this or listening to this go give him a follow and uh check out his good work so nick thanks for taking the time to join me today how are you doing
2: Doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to get going here. Um, it's been about two weeks now and, you know, doing Chargers coverage and it's it's been quite the two weeks to say the <laughs> least. It's uh, been busy, but, uh, you know, re- really fun.
1: Yeah, you uh, you lucked out in terms of uh, a Chargers offseason to uh, really <laughs> get started here. You know, you get a, a Mike Williams extension, a Khalil Mack trade, which we'll, we'll dive into. Uh, but you used to cover the Rams for... Uh, Sports Illustrated, right, and and so I just kind of yep. wanted to, you know, allow you to have a little bit of an opportunity mm-hmm. to to allow fans to get familiar with you. Uh, what was covering the Rams Super Bowl run like for you?
2: It was unbelievable <laughs> to say the least, right? I mean, that as as a journalist, that's that's the end all be all, right there. It do- doesn't really get much bigger than that, and you know, just being able to kind of see how the Rams constructed their team and kind of their all in approach, and then how how uh, things progress throughout the year they had you know some hiccups in the middle of the season losing uh, three games in a row and then just seeing the way that they kind of bounced back and then really Matthew Stafford down the stretch you know he he really elevated his play and that kind of carried on into the playoffs and then you know factoring in Vaughn Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. and what they were able to do as you know midseason additions that was really big and They really were just clicking at the right time once the playoffs rolled around and ultimately they were able to, uh, you know, hoist the Lombardi trophy. But it was it was it was an interesting run there and it was cool. You know, everything didn't just come easy for them. Um, They had a lot of ups and downs throughout the year. And, you know, it, it was just it was just one of those seasons that was a special one to kind of chronicle, to say the least.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that would be crazy. Hopefully we uh, we both get to cover one of those kind of seasons uh, this year. So,
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: um, you know, let's get to the Khalil Mack trade. I want to get your thoughts first and foremost, because uh, this really is something that I, I think the Chargers kind of are, you know, just the idea of pushing your chips in like this is really something that we <laughs> have never seen from them. Maybe this is something that Brandon Staley has kind of taken away from his time with Sean McVay and the Rams. What are your thoughts as the Chargers are looking to, you know, kind of go all in on this uh, rookie window for Justin Herbert?
2: Yeah, I do think it, 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 like, like you just mentioned, it really is kind of a page out of the Rams' book, and you know, Brandon Staley haven't been there, kind of seen seen how how they do things. Perhaps he's, you know, being a a strong influence for Tom Telesco, um, in, in doing so. I know Telesco said notoriously that you know he's not a big believer in in you know these windows but yeah this move suggests otherwise and he did even kind of counteract his words at the combine and saying he recognizes they have a lot of cap space they have a quarterback on a rookie contract so i i, th- I think he's definitely drifting away from you know what he said when the season ended and I, I just see this as just the first step of kind of their all-in approach this season you know ahead of Paying Justin Herbert next year, the following year, probably a record-breaking contract extension.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a fascinating <laughs> thing to look for, especially to you know, there's all these rumors about you know Matthew, Matthew Stafford extension, Aaron Rodgers extension, Kyler Murray, of course. Yeah. You know, that's going to be a, a really interesting storyline to watch for the next couple of weeks. Um, so you highlighted today, you know, the relationship between Brandon Staley and Khalil specifically. Um, how do you think that relationship played a role in this trade? And how do you think that Brandon Staley is going to be able to, you know, get the most out of Kilimac because I mean, he did have kind of a down season last year. Granted it was ended prematurely to injury. Uh, but where do you think that relationship stands right now? And and where can it go from here on out? I would
2: assume it's strong. You know, who knows how much that they've, Communicated over the last couple seasons since um, you know Brendan Staley went separate ways and taking you know new positions with other teams, but both of them, you know, Staley was very credited Mac a lot in helping him develop as a coach, and same with Mac in saying how how much of a crucial part Staley was in learning the offense in Chicago relatively fast. Because if you remember mac wasn't traded at the beginning of the off season he was he was even traded after the draft um when 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 the raiders traded him so it it was it was pretty urgent for him to kind of get up to speed so given all that time they spent together um and you know as i kind of highlighted in that story it seems like they really connected well and i would assume that they're probably going to pick up right where that left off and in terms of how that kind of plays out for the chargers this wasn't just a guy that, you know, they, they see a good player and they're like, well, I I, I hope he can work. At the same time, Staley kind of knows what he brings to the table. He's worked hands-on with, with this guy. So for the most part, he knows exactly what he's, ge- what he's getting. He's coming off an injury, and that is concerning. But at the same time, he was ultra productive in, you know, before he was injured, six sacks in seven games, kind of showing life of his old self, you know, when he was with the Raiders and even that first season with the Bears. So if he can return to that form, I think this is a home run trade for the Chargers and probably the easiest decision he'll make all offseason.
1: Yeah, I mean, you get this kind of player for a second round and a sixth round pick. I don't know how you ever turn that kind of thing down. Uh, you know, yeah. of course, we don't know how often Tom Flesco has had a chance like this. <laughs> um, you now, I, I kind of want to pivot here. We'll talk about some free agency, free agency things, like I mentioned. There is a ton of smoke which you have highlighted between the Chargers and JC Jackson specifically. Um sounds like every national media reporter is mentioning his name as as a fit for the Chargers. Where are you at though with the Chargers signing him because I know that there's there's he's a great player and all the numbers look really really nice but there's just always that little seed of doubt in my head as the former Patriot guys are are leaving and yeah. signing big deals and Really, outside of Tom Brady and Chandler Jones, there just hasn't been a ton of success for these players. So let I mean, I want to ask you this. Where are you at with the Chargers potentially signing him?
2: Yeah, and that's a great point because typically when Bill Belichick lets a guy walk, I mean that, that's a calculated decision. And more times than not, it's it's benefited Bill. So <laughs> you know that, that, that comp is worth, pick. Yeah, that is worth noting. But you know, over the last two seasons, he's had He's had uh, eight interceptions in a season and nine interceptions in a season. So he's he's just a machine. But at the same time, like for the Chargers' sake, he's going he's to net something in, you know, the probably the low $20, $20 million range, you know, I, I I would suspect. So at the same time, do they really want to allocate that much of their cap space to just one guy when really the defense isn't just one player away? They need a corner. They need a linebacker. They need a defensive tackle or, you know, maybe multiple. Uh, So he's a great player and he's going, he is a lockdown corner, but if you want to be able to kind of sprinkle some other players in, you know, maybe for the same value, you you can, you know, get even a Stephon Gilmore and, you know, a mid-tier linebacker. So that's probably the route I would go. But at the same time, if you land JC Jackson, that's, that's, that's still a home run signing, uh, you know, just like I said about Khalil Mack and pairing those two guys with Derwin James and uh, Joey Bosa. I mean, that, that's just four stars on that defense that could really, um, you know, lift up this unit from where it was a season ago.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously you're, you're hoping for some development from Asante Samuel jr. In this case too. So sure. I mean, I'm I, like, I'm not going to complain if they sign JC Jackson, you know, I, I just think that there's a little bit of, of doubt for me. So it, it does seem like, the, and I think that's fair. Yeah. And, and it does seem like the cornerback position is kind of the next domino to fall for the Chargers. So uh who are some other guys that you think can make sense on the market if the Chargers do kind of miss out <clears throat> on this uh bidding war for JC Jackson that seems to be happening?
2: For me, I just I just keep going back to, to Stefan Gilmore because I, I think his value really is is low, it's it's lower than, than where it's been and i think when he when he went to carolina he was just kind of he was just kind of hidden um nobody really talked about him just <laughs> based on the market he he was playing in yeah. and for me that's the guy i i would i would go after and like i like i said jc jackson that that's that that would still be great but he's the guy that i w- i would really focus focus in on he's proven that he can be a, lot, a lockdown corner he's you know just a couple seasons away from being the defensive player of the year and yeah yeah, I, I just think he's the guy that that really fits Brand Staley's style and in having that elite cover corner pairing, pairing him with uh, Derwin James, kind, kind of like a similar combo that Staley had um, when he was with the Rams, when they had um, Jalen Ramsey and then John Johnson the third, really, you know, two lockdown guys on the back end, with one being a corner, one being a safety. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. I, I really like Gilmore and uh, what he brings to the table
1: yeah man the, the carolina panthers trading for him and then you know having to let him walk because they're trying to get for a quarterback just is yeah. uh, a wild <laughs> thing there yeah it's, uh, it's pretty surprising right because
2: when you trade for a guy typically you're, you're going to be resigning him and giving him a contract extension so for him to hit the market this early is uh pretty wild
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely and so Um, you know, I, I think we are going to see these chargers uh, under Brandon Staley really kind of focus in on the defensive side of the ball and free agency. Where do you think that journey kind of leads them next after going for one of these cornerbacks?
2: Sorry, you said, you you said like, repeat that question. I kind of, you kind of broke up.
1: Okay. My bad. Um, yeah, I was just asking after, uh, the chargers get one of these corners, where do you think they go next in terms of free agency?
2: I think they definitely have to go defensive tackle, um, just based based on where they you know sat last year um, and stopping the run. Um, Sebastian Joseph Day is a, a hot name, as well as um, <clears throat> excuse me the uh, um, blink on his name. the The defensive tackle from from the Forty Nine ers is another uh, good guy.
1: DJ Jones. DJ
2: Jones, thank you. Yeah, um, both of those guys r- rank very well according to PFF and, and stopping the run. Uh, now Sebastian Joseph Day he's a guy that's coming off injury Um, and so you know that's something to kind of monitor is that going to be something that lingers over but he does have the Brandon Staley connection and so I just think that's something that they that they really need to focus in on even when Brandon Staley was with the was with the Rams you know they really didn't have that strong of a linebacking core so you know kind of some of these rumblings about The Chargers coming out and signing one of these, you know, high-end linebackers like a like a Bobby Wagner. I'm not really buying personally. Obviously, they need to add a a linebacker in if uh, Kazir White, you know, doesn't come back. But I I don't expect that to really be like their primary focus, you know, uh, early on in free agency.
1: Yeah, that position in general is just going to be really interesting to uh, see how Brandon Staley handles that because I mean, you could argue that that's kind of their deepest position right now that that you know you have a high draft pick in kenneth murray you still have drew tranquil they really like amen ogbong lamiga reportedly and this vic vangio tree has never really valued linebackers as much as you know like going out and paying 10 million 11 million dollars yeah. or whatever the cost is for bobby wagner as much as uh, i love bobby wagner right but i think you know that that name connected to the Chargers really never made sense to me because, you know, these Vangio coaches just don't place that high of a priority on it, at least in terms of free agency. You know, we've never seen any of them really kind of go out of their way to sign a top tier free agent linebacker.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that's really just because they want to be so multiple and they, they really use a lot of defensive backs. So when you only have, you know, at times one linebacker on a field, it's like they don't want they, they don't want to invest so, so much of their cap space or, you know, high draft capital on stashing all these linebackers. And then, you know, when when they're going to different concepts and, and they only have one linebacker, sometimes two linebackers on the field, it's like it, they, they could allocate the resources better by just stacking the deck with, you know, good cornerbacks and safeties.
1: Yeah, yeah uh- I've been an advocate of that. I think with Derwin James, you have a guy who basically is the size of a linebacker. So yeah, exactly. You know, allowing him to play in the box some more often, you know, I'm, a, I'm an advocate of getting a, a third legitimate safety back there and be, al- be able to allow Derwin and the Sierra Adderley kind of play around the box a little bit more often and, and maybe get somebody, you know, to kind of patrol the, the deep part of the field that way.
2: Yeah. Get like a center fielder that just, you know, directs traffic back there and let Derwin, uh, you know, kind of do the dirty work in the box and let just let him go sideline and sideline and, and work more free. And you know, he already has freedom. But if there's a, if there's a you know a ball hawk and safety that you can pair him with, who knows who knows what level Derwin can go to next, right?
1: Yeah, and I think we saw. I mean, obviously, you were covering the Rams, but I think we saw down the stretch of the last season that they want to move Adderley around a lot of, a little bit more than they have been able to. Um, you know, you're dealing with injuries to the the guys behind Adderley and Alohi Gilman and Mark Webb, so you kind of have to put them in a box. And I think they kind of want to let them, you know, be able to do more things. So that's an interesting one for sure. I, I know that you know Tom Telesco has, you know, said that they're not only going to focus in on the defensive side. We'll, we'll see. That kind of <laughs> sounds like the inclination there. Uh, but any offensive free agent targets that you think makes sense for the Chargers uh, in the next couple weeks?
2: Yeah, I'm really interested what they're going to do at, at tight end. Um, I kind of look at Eric Ebron as like a guy who's probably not going to. He's probably not going to take a whole lot to get signed in terms of you know how, how much money that they're going to ha- that team's going to have to fork out to bring him in. And he's a vet. He's a vet that is a big red zone target and a guy that you know he's been around the block a little while. But he you know he's also not in his mid thirties yet. So you know he's an option that he's not? I, I'm. What's that?
1: I would have assumed that he was thirty plus.
2: <laughs> I be, I believe he's like thirty three right now. I could be I could be totally wrong. I could be totally wrong on that. Yeah, I'm, but he's a guy that I, I'm in, I'm definitely interested in just based on what he brings to the table and a guy that you can just lob, lob up, lob up a ball in the in the red zone, and you know he can bring it down. It's going to be interesting though with how they're going to are like are the Chargers going to continue to allocate more resources into their offense via free agency or are they going to just push that to the draft yeah. because having given mike williams you know a pretty hefty contract the defense still needs work so i would i would imagine that most of the you know high-end free agency guys they're going to bring in are all going to be on the defensive side of the ball and then you know maybe they 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 find like a, a budget tight end um and t- sign there and then you know, maybe they draft like a running back in like the, thir- the third round to kind of pair with Austin Eckler.
1: Yeah, I do think running back is a, is an underrated need on this team. But uh Ebron's only 28. That's crazy to Wow, me. okay. I would have thought that he'd been in the league <laughs> forever, man. Just like kind of, you know, of course he was a former first-round pick and stuff. But, uh man, that would be an interesting signing for sure. <laughs> it does seem like he's a little older than 28. Well, I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So I, I think that's a really interesting spot. You know, Daniel Popper seems to think that uh, a Jared cook reunion sh- could be in the works. I know chargers fans would absolutely hate that how last season went down. But um, I, I do think that they, they kind of want another year of a stop option while Donald Parham, who was tendered today, which was good news and, and cleared for our football action. And then of course, uh, Trey McKitty, who they drafted last year.
2: Yeah. And you, you'd have to imagine like, I mean, ideally their plan, right, is for Parham to take another step forward and yeah. what he was able to do be- before, you know, that scary incident and what happened to him. But, you know, from from a pass-catching standpoint, obviously he's just a massive target. So, you know, yes. he can continue to progress. And then as well as, you know, improving as a blocker, that that would really be beneficial. And, you know, pairing him with like a, a relatively cheap veteran and kind of having that two tight end tandem.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, lots of great stuff here. You know, I particularly had not thought of the Eric Ebron thing. So uh, Nick, thank you for taking the time to join me today. Where can uh, Chargers fans find you uh, and find your work?
2: Yeah, you can find me uh, at Nick Cothro on Twitter and then uh, post all my work on there as well as uh, charges uh part of the sports illustrated uh, media group. So putting out stuff daily there and um, with, you know free agency starting up i'm sure we're in store for a bit a busy week so check there for all the work and we'll have all the latest chargers news
1: yeah absolutely definitely uh check him out chargers fans be sure and follow him turn those notifications on because nick is doing a great job over here on the chargers beat so nick thank you for joining me today man and we'll uh, talk to you soon
2: yeah appreciate it Stephen.